Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the eighth episode of the How She Ate an Elephant podcast. This week's episode is actually the season finale for the first season. I've had so much fun putting together this first season, and I've learned so much about uh, how to creating a podcast and producing this kind of content, and I have so many ideas that I plan to put into season two. This past week has been so awesome. I had a great Thanksgiving with my family and um, not too much to talk about in the news or anything except for Harry, Prince Harry's wedding to Meghan Markle. I'm obsessed. I'm so excited. You can't tell me it's not a big deal that a black woman is going to be a princess in England. I'm sure Queen Elizabeth is not loving it, but she's just trying to make do, which makes it even more satisfying. But uh, moving on. I want to share a little bit about my progress since episode one. If you listen to episode one, and I recommend that you do because you'll see how sort of far I've come, um, I just sounded really bleak. I felt really bleak and uninspired and insecure, and I just had lost a lot of my confidence. I've been trying to hold myself accountable for the things that I say and actually do the things that I want that are productive um, and will help me achieve the future that I want. And I'm really happy to report that I feel really good, like really good. Um, Of course, I still feel stressed out. I still have my moments um, of anxiety and self-doubt, but I really feel like I'm coming back to myself I've started dancing to music again alone. Um, That's something that I always used to do in college and growing up. And it's just literally how I move around my house doing mundane tasks. And I didn't even realize that I had stopped until I started up again. Um, A couple weeks ago, I woke up and I just popped out of bed and I started doing errands and I went and got myself breakfast. And that all happened before I would have even normally woken up um, over the summer when I was really kind of in the thick of my feelings. So of course there's still work to do, but I don't feel incapacitated anymore. I feel capable. And even when I feel self-doubt, and even when I feel self-doubt, I can overcome it much faster. So Definitely a lot of that is attributed to this podcast, my support system, hiring a life coach, which has been um, such a great investment. So I just wanted to share some of the things that I've learned in the past couple months while doing this and have really helped me to feel better. Things that, you know, you kind of know, but they take a little while to sort of sink in. The first is to be patient with myself um, and not to be my biggest critic and to be my biggest advocate. And that means to focus on what is happening instead of what should be happening and accepting that and forgiving myself for anything that I think I could have done better or did wrong and just realizing that things are as they should be. And whenever I do that, if you're ever feeling bad and you just feel like stressed and you're mad at yourself for not doing what you think you should you're just wasting time. Like allow yourself to take a break, a breather, relax. I think that we in our society don't value relaxation time. I mean, we do not live to work and every day is not supposed to be super productive. I mean, life is to be enjoyed. Not every day is supposed to be jam-packed full of activities. Spending time by yourself, doing what you like to do, getting to know yourself is productive in its own way and 
when you really allow yourself to do that, you will reach a point naturally where you are like, okay, I have the energy to tackle this now. And when you stop getting down on yourself, you can focus your attention on so many other things and enjoy life more. The next thing that I want to share is about advice. I take other people's advice very seriously. And so I've spent a lot of my life trying to apply other people's life choices and advice that was given in a well-meaning way to my life. But in most life situations, the right answer is based on the circumstances. In a different time period, in a different location, in a completely different set of circumstances, same decision cannot be applied. There's no one-size-fits-all rule. And I found that a lot of time has been wasted taking someone's advice as a rule or as a roadmap. And in reality, it's just a data point. You can take what you want and leave what you want. And um, it's just saved me a lot of time. Now, sometimes when people give me advice, I, I accept it. I listen. But later on, I'm able to say, okay, I'm going to take 10% of that because that's what was applicable to me. You know, it was very insightful. Yeah, the rest is just not useful. I'll put it in my, you know, information bank. Following that, the last thing that I really wanted to share, and that's something I've noticed through my development, is that self-doubt is your body's defense mechanism. I'm not kidding. Every time I notice my brain just kind of inserting negative thoughts or questioning myself, I'm undoubtedly doing something that's reaching the limit of my comfort zone. So for example, this week I've been trying to write statement of intent for graduate school And I'll just be hitting it like, you know, bullet one, bullet two, quotation, et cetera, et cetera. But then my brain undoubtedly um, will be like, are you sure you want to do that? You know you're not good enough for this. Or, you know, this doesn't seem right. You're not writing it well. I mean, why do you even want to go to graduate school? Is this even the right program? Are you sure? And that's because writing, applying to graduate school is not something I've ever done before. It's not something I'm comfortable with applying to schools that may be out of my league or what my what I understand to be my league at this moment is outside of my comfort zone. Just little things like that. Whenever you're in a social situation and you feel anxiety or whatever, you are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and your body is reacting and you should see it as such. It's just a natural part of growing bigger, expanding your horizon, and it's going to be uncomfortable. No, it's Everyone always says that it's uncomfortable, but you never really understand why. And it's not because the surrounding environment is uncomfortable. I mean, that can be the case too, but your internal environment, your thoughts are also uncomfortable. You're afraid that it's not going to happen. And that's why your brain is doing this. So pay attention. So we're going to do things a little bit out of order today because I want to incorporate some of the findings from the book of the week into this week's topic. And last week's book of the week was um, Elon Musk's biography. The biography is titled Elon Musk's Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future written by Ashley Vange. This is one long audiobook. I listened to it on one and a quarter speed, and it was a total of 12 hours. It was a lot, but surprisingly very, very interesting, and I didn't have too much trouble paying attention. Elon Musk is a pretty well-known person in terms of being the founder of a website called Zip2, followed by PayPal, followed by SpaceX, Tesla, SolarCity. 
So he pretty much just has his hands in everything related to the future. What I really wanted to get out of reading this book was to understand what Elon does differently than the average person that makes him so brilliant, so successful, so avant-garde, and gets people talking about him the way that they do. In the book, they say that his employees, even people that he's fired, talk about him with the same terminology that you would use to talk about a superhero. And as I'm reading, there are some key characteristics that I think he has that are attainable for the rest of us, which is really encouraging. First off, he's extremely bright, which, you know, is it God-given? Yes, but is it nurture? Is it, you know, his environment? Who knows? But outside of his intelligence, I noticed that Elon consistently bets on himself. With all of his major ventures, he is the major financial backer for all of his projects. He fully believes in what he's doing, and he puts his money where his mouth is, even when other people call him crazy and say it's a huge risk. If he doesn't listen to what the so-called experts say about what's possible, if he has an idea, he's going to drive it home. Following that, Elon isn't intimidated by being a novice to a subject. He's not intimidated by industry. He's not intimidated by public opinion of him. He's not intimidated by failure or the prospect of failure or the brink of failure, which he has been on multiple times. If he's interested in something and he reads a couple books on it, he's willing to go talk about for most industry experts about that subject and assert his ideas. I think a lot of us want to wait until we've acquired enough knowledge and experience before we have a voice on a subject and we defer a lot to experts. But what I've noticed from Elon is that he doesn't wait. He he determines whether or not he's a legitimate source to talk about certain things. So for example, with SpaceX, he had never, ever built a rocket. His background was in software, not in mechanical engineering and not in machining objects, let alone rockets. But he read about it and he talked to people and he realized, hey, there's a need for this. I'm going to build it and I'm going to pay for it. The last thing that I noticed about Elon is what inspired this episode. And it's that he's a curious person. He's genuinely interested in the world around him and finding solutions to everyday problems. A lot of his ideas have come to him through conversations with other people, and I think that that's something that we could all use more of. So what do I mean by being curious? What I mean here is just to approach life with less pressure and focus on the outcome and really focus on what's in front of me and taking an interest in that. I think that a lot of people, including myself, we're constantly focused on the next thing, the next thing, where we want to go. You can miss even better opportunities because you have horse blinders on. What I want to do is switch the focus so that I enjoy the process. I would be very surprised if you haven't heard that already a million times by now and so many other sources. But there's so much value in enjoying the path to get somewhere because where you want to go now is limited by your imagination at this point. If you don't know that something exists, it's so much harder to imagine it and you never know what opportunities and what other people are going to show you or introduce you to if you just pay attention. So for me, it's going to encompass three things to be curious. It's going to be 
take an interest in people, really listen to everything they're saying. Um, It's very easy to get distracted by your to-do list, your phone, your notifications, but really just breathe Mm -hmm. and practice the 70-30 rule where 70% listening and 30% talking and trying to process and giving them my undivided attention because you never know what people are going to say. And also, people love to talk about themselves and to be heard. The next bit is going to be to ask questions that I think I know the answer to. Even when it seems like a stupid question and you think you've already figured it out, there's probably a lot of other considerations that go into even the most mundane decisions that people make or processes that um, exist at work or in society. And just asking to humor people, but also to just to double check, to verify that you know. And also while I'm doing this, I want to make sure that as I'm going about my day, I don't want to filter my experiences or my conversations for the information that I'm looking for. So if I go into an informational interview, let's say, and I'm really fixated on talking about, I don't know, Paris fashion, if this person has a really developed expertise on German fashion, it would be a mistake to keep trying to move the conversation back to the thing I want to learn about when German fashion could be way cooler and have way more opportunities. And I feel like you get what I mean. So just really accepting what people have to say and processing it all at once later, not processing it as it's being said, because you're not focusing, you're not focusing on what people are saying. Um, and that's it. I really want to focus on being curious while um, in between season one and season two of this podcast. For the holidays, I'm going to be going out of town to Ethiopia, and I'm setting up appointments to talk with people who are doing interesting things, starting businesses, cafes, opening factories. Hopefully, I get to learn something from them about the process. Maybe it's going to be totally boring, but I highly doubt that. And I would encourage you guys all to do that, especially now as a reflection before we make our New Year's resolutions. I'm also going to be taking this time to improve my podcasting skills. So anybody out there who has suggestions or creative writing or storytelling experience and can recommend some classes to me, as well as some audio tips, microphone suggestions, and anybody who can make a theme song or knows where I can do one or get one or the copyright rules are, please contact me because I have some ideas and I'm afraid to get sued. Okay, one last thing before we close it out. As for the book of the week, there will be none, and we'll start again in season two. But I do want to leave you guys with a riddle, which is something I definitely plan to incorporate. I'll be sharing two riddles. The first is a little bit easier, just to whet your appetite, and the second is a little bit more challenging. Both of the answers I'll be giving in the first episode of season two. So the first riddle was given to me by a friend that I recently reconnected with, um, and it goes like this. Pretend you've been in in an avalanche and you've been rolling downhill. Imagine yourself being rolled up in a big snowball and then you finally stop. The avalanche is over, but you're completely submerged under snow and you're completely disoriented. You don't know which way is up or down. You cannot move and you can't see the sun. So you're truly, truly, you don't know what's up or down or left or right. You're just stuck. How do you figure out which way to dig? 
assuming you want to dig up. Okay, the second one. This was from the Elon Musk biography. And this is what Elon Musk asks in interviews of people in their final round. Okay, you're standing on the surface of the earth. You walk one mile south, one mile west, and one mile north. You end up exactly where you started. Where are you? Okay, well, I hope you enjoy trying to figure those out. I really encourage you not to Google it because there's no fun in that. And brain teasers are the best, just in general. It's fun and you can work on it with other people. I just want to thank all of you for sticking with me for the past eight episodes. I know some of you have been sharing it and rating it, and I love it. I so appreciate it. If you haven't rated me yet, please go ahead and do so. And happy holidays. I hope you have a great holiday season and you have some time off to reflect and have fun. All right, see you guys in the new year.